Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Really Riley. This is one of my favorite days of the week. Usually Wednesday is just hump day, but I really like chit-chatting with you guys, and I love it when I talk about the things you guys want me to talk about. That is how Ask Riley was born. It's a bit that I used to do when I was doing terrestrial radio, and you guys seem to love it, interact with it. So I was like, uh, duh, I'm going to bring it back to the podcast. Um... And I just really love it when you guys give me these Instagram questions that I get to get into it because it also helps me to get to know you guys more because although the name of this podcast is really Riley, it's really about connecting with you guys as much as possible. And I've said this at nauseum that that was the thing I was most devastated about when I lost my dream job. But everything happens for a reason and this and y'all are the reason. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Hopefully I'll say some things in this podcast that make you laugh, cry, and go, what the fuck did that girl just say? Um, so without further ado, let me plug in my phone first because it's about to die and I need it to get on my Instagram to find the questions that you guys asked me. I'm going to answer these as much as possible in real time. And guys, just FYI, if I can, I will. And I am as real as humanly possible without <laughs> getting sued. Let's just put it that way. Um... So if ever I'm like vague or something, it's not, it's not like I'm just trying to be that way. Let's get into it. So I, again, I always tell you guys, I don't put your names out there because of the fact that I don't, I don't want to put your business out there. Like if this is a question you want to ask anonymously because there are a couple, but actually wait, before I get to the ones that were on the gram today, there was a couple in here that I was like, oh crap that I forgot about in weeks before, or I didn't have time to get to them. So let's do that. Um, Hi, Riley. I have a really Riley question. When do you know to stand your ground versus cutting your nose to spite your face? I've never heard that term, but I like it when it comes to dating. Meaning, how do you balance between understanding that person has a lot going on, but you're also fearful of being played again? Ooh, 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 wee. Have I ever been there? Like, I am still a sucker for love, but I used to be such a sucker for love. And I used to want to be that person that was always there for them. And like, I went through phases in my relationships or dating, you know, where I would get played and then I'd be like the asshole, like, screw you. I don't care. It's all about me. Or then I would be in a phase of like, I want to be your everything to the point where it was like, I would just eat shit constantly to be there for that person. So I get this part. Like, I feel like your gut tells you so much about what's going on. And I hate to be a pessimist, but I don't think it's smart to walk into a situation that you really don't know much about that person and give them your all. It's like that old saying of like, why buy the cow when you can get the, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free or whatever. It's like, I don't want to give you the privileges of being, having girlfriend status and being your constant person before I've got that gross girlfriend status and you deserve to have that constant person and understand everything that's happening with you. Having said that, like, I know that people have a lot of shit going on. Like I went on one date with this one dude and I was talking about a lot of single mom stuff. <laughs> and his answer was like, Oh my God, you got a lot of drama going on in your life. And I was like, Ooh, you ain't it. Because when I first met 
Marshall, it was at a very pivotal time, my husband, in my life where he did have a lot of, like, balls in the air and whatever. And he was super understanding about it. And that was what drew me to him. So I think that that's also okay to be there for somebody if you're really into them. But if you're not sure this person is going to play you or if you've been sensitive to that and it's going to wreck your emotions even further to be there for them and you're not getting what you need on the other end because I don't really know if you are or you aren't, no. Like there's a line. If it's making you uncomfortable or making you feel less than and what you need out of that person, you are not married to them. You don't have children with them. You're not bound to them. So maybe you start setting those boundaries before you are. You know, because for me, I get, I fell, I used to fall very quickly and I would fall harder than anybody dating should. That's just me. I'm an empath. I'm an emotional person and I love love. So you got to set your own boundaries in that space because people will push you sometimes, you know, they'll push the boundary. If you let them, you teach people how to treat you because also if you're just the one eating shit, eating shit, eating shit, and getting the relationship, and I, I know being there for somebody who's not eating shit, but to the point where you're feeling less than, what do you think you're going to do if you actually make it to boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiance, or married? You know? Just pay attention to that one from jump. And this one was, oh, this was a deep one. Um, how would you handle it if you found out your mom had a different father from her siblings and she doesn't know? I don't want to hurt her, but I would like to find out the truth. Oh, my God. How would you handle it if you found out your mom had a different father from her siblings and she doesn't know? Okay. So my mom actually does have a different father from her other siblings. She was her father's only. And the only reason I bring that up, and she knew it, you know, everybody knew it, but is because she doesn't have any different relationship with her siblings because of the fact that they have different parents. Like my sons have different fathers, but they are all the much more brothers. And, you know, we're not step, we're not half, we're family. There's none of that, you know? So yes, I'm, I know that that would hurt as a person to find that out. And that's gotta be a big, big, heavy weight. If that, if you have art, cause it doesn't, it doesn't say here that you know for a fact, but you might know, that's what it sounds like, that you might have an inkling that that's not her dad. Because I don't keep, I don't, like, keep things in. I'm an open book, and I don't mince words with anything, and, like, I'm, you know, close with my mom, but we've had a traumatic relationship, so it's, like, that'd be hard to tell someone, especially your mother. But I think it does hinge on your relationship. Like, if she's going to hear this rela- this information from you and not believe it and then turn the arrow your way... Like, oh, how could you say this? Blah, 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 blah. I don't know that that is worth it to do. But then again, it's your mom and she would deserve to know the truth. So I think you have to have concrete proof before you approach that. You know? You would have to, like, absolutely know before you open that gate, that door. Because this is a difficult one for me to answer because I don't know your guys' relationship. If it's going to hurt your relationship with your mother, then I don't know how worth it that is. Like I said, until you have absolute proof. Because what if it is her dad? You know, and then you're the one that, that gets in trouble for trying to help her and search for that truth. That is a very slippery slope. 
Honesty is always the best policy, though. I feel like, you know, what's done in the dark will always come to light. I have a friend that always says that, and I love that saying. And I'm not saying you're doing anything in the dark. I'm saying, like, secrets in the closet and skeletons always find a way of coming out when it's time for Halloween. So it just depends on what it's going to do to your relationship with your mother. And then therein, is it really going to change anything? I always like to know the truth. I like to have the freedom to decide what I like to do with information that could or could not hurt me. I don't like to be left in the dark about anything. So hopefully some of that gives you some insight because I don't like to give definitive answers for anyone not knowing more of the situation or how they would handle it. So this is another one. If you could talk about the adjustment to knowing you'll never have a little girl. I always felt like I was destined to be a boy mom, but I couldn't help but feel sad that I'll never have a little mini me. Oh my gosh. So I wanted a girl from jump. When I got pregnant, I was like, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. I swore Lyric was a girl. I knew it was a girl. I had girl names ready. I was going to name my girl Eladia after my mother's mother and call her Ella for short. Um, And it was a boy. And the first time I was like kind of disappointed, but like more freaked out because I at that time, you know, also was even more of a girly girl than I am now. And I was like, how am I going to teach him to be a man? Like, am I going to be enough? We did a whole thing about it on the air. We did an entire video about it where I was writing a letter to my son. Like, am I going to be able to be mom and dad for you? Because I was a single mom. And uh, I wasn't as devastated as the second time around with my second son, Malin. Because my husband and I, Marshall, again, we wanted to name her Eladia. We had a middle name for his family. And I just knew he was going to be the greatest girl dad ever. Like, he's the best dad, period. But I wanted him to have a little girl, you know, because we already had a boy. I wanted to have one of each. And honestly, I was so angry and devastated. Like, it sounds like a strong word, angry. But it was like everything in my life was like coming to fruition. I'd found my love. Like, all the things in life were panning out. And I had put a girl on my vision board that year. And I was like deathly sick. So I was like, it's got to be a spicy little Puerto Ricanya in there. It's got to be a girl. And it wasn't. But here's the thing. Universe knew what it was doing by not giving me a girl. Because I just love how my boys love their mama. I love that adoration. I love that trust. I love the it's just something about having a little boy, man. It's so cool. And yeah, I didn't get bows and gymnastics, but it's still fun to like see how they become you and how different they are. Like, yeah, you think, oh, well, I got chipped out because I didn't get to experience a boy and a girl, but my boys are so damn different that it's like, to me, it doesn't even really matter that it wasn't a girl. Like I get to experience a whole new person in general. And trust me, I'm glad I don't have a little mini me because my periods are terrible. I couldn't imagine having a little girl uh, and the rage that would come out of that little being. Nope. And plus, for me, like my family is a little bit different where it was all girls. My mom's one of four. And me and I have me and my sister. There was a lot of girls in our family. And there's a lot of female competition within our family from daughters to mothers too. And I know that that sounds shitty, but that's a reality of how I was raised. 
And sometimes you're a product of your environment, of how you're raised. And I can't honestly say with all truth, this is, again, a very real really Riley moment, that at some space in my life it wouldn't be that. That whole vi- living vicariously through your daughter when you have, like, you're a person that's very vivacious and into beauty and all that, when all that starts fading, that you wouldn't go there. I can't say for sure that I wouldn't have. That sounds really shitty, but you know what? I can't tell time. I can't tell into the future. So I can't, the irony is not lost on me there that I ended up with two boys and it all works out. Like you, I, I, people are like, oh, you should try for a girl. I'm like, hell no. Kids are expensive. My pregnancy was horrible. I'm still feeling a lot of the after effects of postpartum. I'm 41 years old and got, you know, had fertility issues, you know, our Malin was our rainbow baby, you know, like just absolutely not. I'm not trying for another set because I probably get another boy, you know, but I did have that disappointment, but it did work out, you know, like everything in life, if you allow it happens for a reason. Like if you allow yourself to see that everything truly happens for a reason and it works out just the way it's meant to for you and nobody else. Soapbox. Um, you guys will have to excuse me if I keep drinking water throughout this podcast because this doozy of a cold that I had last week <clears throat> still lingering a little bit. All right, let's go to Instagram. Um, what started your manifesting journey? Um, love. Love started my manifesting journey. I was absolutely desperate for love, romantic love, my entire life. It shaped everything of my world, except for one thing, and that was radio. It was the one time in my life where I wasn't searching for that shit. All I cared about was radio. All I cared about was getting into it and getting my life together and being the best radio personality I could ever be, and it was the one time that I focused and honed in like this is happening. There is absolutely no way this isn't happening for me. I am doing the damn thing. And I know that it might seem like ironic that I say that now because, hey, that didn't exactly work out, but that's not forever, but it did work out, though. What am I talking about? I was sitting in a seat in radio in many different positions that thousands upon thousands of people were vying for. And it's not like I was only there for five minutes. This latest one, I was there for almost seven years. Not to brag or whatever, but I have to remind myself how far I've come and how far I still have yet to go. But that's a whole other thing. I was looking to find self-love when I started manifesting, which is ironic that the the bulk of what I was asking for was like love love, like romantic love. I had gone through a string of little stupid, like uh, uh, dating app. I was on all of them. I was on Hinge. I was on... Bumble, I was on, I think I was even on Plenty of Fish at one point. (laughs) So should not admit that. But I was over it. Like, I had dated a guy for a couple months, and he completely screwed me over. And I was like, I am done. I wasn't giving up, but I was just like, I need to find love within myself. Because I'm sick of this. I was like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired in terms of dating and love and all that shit. I'm tired of being so desperate for it. I wanted peace. I wanted love, yeah, but I was like, if it's not for me, I'm sick of this. I need to find what's for me. 
And it's so many things going on. I was drinking too much. I was like not healthy. I wasn't physically where I wanted to be, mentally where I wanted to be. And I was like, I have to do something about this. Because the mental state that I was in at that particular time, Lyric would not have had any semblance of a great mom. And I hope I'm a great mom. I think I'm a great mom. I try to be a great mom. But he wouldn't have had anything that he deserves if I wouldn't have got my shit together. And that was the only way that I knew how to stop crying myself to sleep at night. Like, I would put him down to sleep, and I would literally go into the shower and just, like, gasp for air cry. Because I was so lonely, and it was like I was putting all of my eggs into the basket of someone else making me happy, and I was so tired of giving everybody else that power. I was so over it. I was just done. I'd hit my cap of being sad. I was like, life has to be worth more than this. And I knew in the back of my head that I had experienced some beautiful things in life. And that had to be enough. Because for me, I truly didn't really know that love the way that I have it now would happen. I had hope. And I shit you not, friends. Sometimes hope is all you need. And that's not just a flowery sentence. Sometimes it's really all you have. But if it's there, you still got something. You got a lot of something. So... I had had the book The Secret and someone had sent it to me years ago in a bad space, one of my closest friends. And I was like, I'm going to read that. But like I was going for a run or a very brisk walk or whatever, you know, because I'd gotten off work and I just needed to be outside. I needed to be where nobody would know me, talk to me, whatever. So I started reading The Secret, the audio book. And I went down this one path. It's over in Rockville by Pike and Rose where I work out. And I'd never been on this path before. And I was walking by all these beautiful houses and envisioning things and listening to the audiobook, The Secret. And, <coughs> excuse me, there was this one pa- house that I would always walk by and it was so beautiful. And I never thought I would have a house like that, ever. It was too big a dream for me. But I would still always walk by it. And I would never look at that house and think negatively about it. Like, ugh, I'll never get that. I'll never have that. But I would dream about what it would feel like to live there. What my car would look like in the driveway. What car I would have when I lived there. What I would do with the shutters, the, you know, the, the, the bushes in front, or how many kids I would have, what I would change about that house if I lived there. And it made me really cry when I did my vision board event last year and I dug out that very first vision board because I have a house on there that I found off Pinterest that looked just like that house. And that house on that vision board looks really fucking close to the house I have now. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought I live in the house that I have now. It's beautiful. And I'm not bragging. This is why I was so scared when I lost my job because I was like, oh my God, I can't lose my house. That's one of the things that started it all. And my kids, what are we going to do? But we wouldn't have been able to afford this house if not for the pandemic and the housing market being a buyer's market. And when we did it, because the neighborhood that we live in, like, shoot, I couldn't afford to buy a house now. 
But somehow it worked out. Somehow the freaking universe found a way. So what you think about, you bring about. And I just kept doing that. I had had, I've told you guys this too. I had had my little rose quartz heart that I would put by my bedside. And that was my talisman forever. I would do little manifestation exercises that seemed ridiculous at the time. But so many of those little self-love things that I would do for myself, that I would dream about a partner doing for me, guess who does them? I need to do another vision board thing because I want to connect with you guys some more. And I think that that's happening very, very soon. I think I've secured a location because... That was just the most soul-feeding event that I think I've ever done in my life. And you guys have been asking for it, so I think I need to do another one soon. But my manifesting journey really did start and end. It doesn't really ever end, but that particular sector of it started and ended with love. Writing in my journal all the time. Writing down the things that I wanted in a person. And being appreciative of everything I still did have. And at that time, I didn't have anything together not my mind not my heart not my health not my finances nothing and even through all the bullshit that I've been in this last year it's still all really fucking beautiful because I still have hope and because I still try to manifest every day and I promise you the minute that I put it down and said nope the universe has got this boop literally I promise you when I do those little candles that say manifesting magic on it, it's for a reason. Um, next question, do you still talk to Rose? Nope, not a word. Um, why did you get let go? That makes me so sad, but I love watching you grow as a family. I want to know what happened at YMS. Why did you get fired? Um, the only answer I got was we're taking the show in a different direction. It was a very big shock to me. Um, yeah, there was no, eh, okay, yeah, this is, remember what I talked about in the beginning? There was things that I knew, but things that I thought, never thought would actually come to fruition. I was actually told the opposite, and I miss you guys on the radio every single day, but the universe has got something else. It, maybe it's this, maybe it's a little something, something else that I might know about that I'm keeping close to the chest. Um, but yeah, I never would have left y'all ever, never, ever, ever. I was invested in that position. I'm invested still in you. It was my heart, everything, all of it. Some things can't be forgiven. Um, do the people from YMS ever reach out to you? There was two texts. Um, after the announce that I had other things going on and switching jobs or something like that from the little bit of a heard of it. I wasn't switching jobs. Um, thanks for everything. Excited to see what you do next. That's it. November 9th was the last time I saw any of them. Number one goal for 2023. Um... Hence, my 23 is my year to be Jordan candle. 
that was all about this is my year to have the billboard. This is my year to be the number one. This is my year. I'm investing in me. Um, the number one goal for this year was to stop fucking playing small. To stop sitting behind anything or anyone and know what I bring to the damn table and not be ashamed of it. To work really damn hard for it and to always remember that if I fail, it's my fault. But damn it, if I fucking fly, well, that's my fault too. I'm not playing small anymore. Fear? Mm-mm. That ain't a thing anymore. And if it is, I'm going to fucking do it scared. Period. Because here's the thing about having every single thing taken from you that you ever cared about. In terms of your career. And also some other things. In a span of six months, my first love in radio and all that came along with that was taken away from me. I didn't leave it. A few months later, my beloved dog died. My little baby girl of 15 years. And a lot of other things in between. But when that happens to you, I ain't scared of shit. So I'm taking that gusto and I'm going forward. I'm letting the universe bring a lot to me and I'm also going to take a lot. You know, I don't really have the resentment I did before. I don't forget. I haven't forgiven because I, you know, you can't really forgive much that's not asked for forgiveness. Well, that's not true. You can forgive inside of yourself, but I'm not there yet. Shit. <laughs> if those walls could talk, you'd understand. Um, but I'm just not playing small. I guess that would be it. Like, I'm not playing small anymore. I'm believing in myself once again. Not because of a big company that was behind me. Not because of a name of someone else's show that was behind me. Not because of ratings or because of any, I don't have any of that anymore. I have me. And I'm fucking betting on me. 23 is my year to be Jordan. The greatest of all time. That might sound pompous. I don't give a shit. I'm not playing small anymore. Because if you don't believe in you, nobody else is gonna. 23 is my year to be Jordan. That's my goal. I'm done playing small. Pointers for finding love within yourself after a separation after 12 years. Well, I mean, that goes to my first point of why I started manifestation, manifesting, because I didn't love myself for anything. Like, I wasn't, aside from Marshall, the most monumental relationship that I had was the man that I was engaged to 15 years ago now. Um, Maybe not 15, 10, I don't know, whatever. It feels like a different life. Um, Twice we were engaged. Planned two weddings, left me three months from the wedding the first time, four months from the wedding the second time, and his parting words to me were, I hope you go slit your throat. And that was the most emotionally and physically abusive relationship I've ever had. And I was dead to the world. I was alive, but I wasn't alive. I was breathing, but I was like the walking dead. I didn't care about anything except for my girl Pink and radio. You know, and I will not lie to you to say that that didn't take me a good five years 
to come back to myself. And I'm not saying it's going to do that for you. I didn't love myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't care. I was so numb. And I was like grasping for things, everything except myself. And the minute that I started grasping for myself, that's when shit started to change for real, for good, for the better. And as y'all can tell, (laughs) it ain't all fucking Skittles and rainbows. But the minute that you realize that you are like the good pack of Skittles and not that horrible tropical shit, that's when things starts to shift because nobody can take that from you. They really can't. They can try. But once you get a grasp on loving you, and I'm not talking about like being an asshole and being like so into yourself and thinking you're better than anyone. I'm not saying that. But yeah, puff your damn chest out and realize how great you are. I sound like Tony Robbins right now, but I don't care. You have to sometimes. You have to build yourself up so far that no one can touch you until they deserve to. And even then, so much farther that if they ever dare to try to come for you and who you are as a person in a negative way, bye. It's not easy. I'm not trying to say that it is. I I don't want to freak you out with the whole it took me six years, but it did. I was single with nobody and no shit for a good two years. I mean, granted, I was pregnant for a year, but but you see what I'm saying? I had to do a lot of self-work. I still am. I've had to come back to center and remind myself who the fuck I am. Because I worked hard to get there, and I'm not letting it go. And the minute, I promise you, the minute that you do that, things completely shift. And it says separation here. So if there ever is hope for reconciliation, I don't know your situation per se. Um, if there ever is hope for re- reconciliation, you do have to get to that space where you know who you are and you'll be okay without it. And if you do come back to center, they got to get to know the new you. Not in a bad way. Not like, oh, you got earned me or maybe so, but... But there's new ways that you have to handle the situation and they have to learn you again. And maybe that's a great thing. Who y'all want to know all about the show. Why don't you speak to anyone from the show? You guys were all super close, it seemed. Um, some closer than others. Um, I've talked about this in podcasts before. Like, you know, some closer than others. Some, no, there was never a closeness. Some there wasn't and then there was. Until there wasn't. Until a perfect storm of ick happened. And I'm a very forgiving person. But when it comes to my family and everything I hold dear being taken all for the worst reasons ever. That would be me emotionally abusing myself to go back to that. <laughs> it's a fun topic, isn't it? Hey, and side note, a lot of you guys are like, oh, Riley, does it bother you when people ask you that? No. It, I, as much as it, like you hear the hurt in my voice because it did hurt, I love that you guys want to know. That means that like, 
I did a little something, that means that it all isn't for nothing because you guys care. Maybe some of y'all are nosy, but that's okay too. That's, I wanted the connection with you. That was the biggest part of my love for the medium of radio. So no, it doesn't make me mad that you want to know. Y'all want to know. I'd actually be kind of sad if you didn't want to know. <laughs> um, earliest childhood memory. That's not really a happy one. Um, my earliest childhood memory, I don't really have a lot of them at all before like the age of four, which I don't know if that's odd or not. And I was almost five, I think. I was on like visitation with my mother, my sperm donor, my actual real father, real whatever. I hate that staff hat, whatever. My biological father, um, who was not a good man at all. He was an abuser too. Cycle, I know. Um, but I was, I think, I, I, I only really remember like four times seeing him ever in life. That is the youngest memory I have. He was giving me a pair of unicorn gold earrings. And he was telling me to always keep these, to always remember him by. And... He had this thing like my pinky, like your pinky, this pinky will always be mine no matter what you do, no matter if you go get married, blah, 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 blah. Sounds cute, right? But this is the person that beat the shit out of my mother. Like this is a person that was a child molester. Very real there, right? Told you. Um, and he was leaving. Now I know that he, like I didn't compute it, that he was leaving. He was going back to Puerto Rico and I never saw him again. Um, I talked to him on the phone a couple times, but I never saw him again until his dying day. And then his dying wish was to basically like take any like um, inheritance or whatever because he had money that he wanted to make sure did not get left to us. My grandmother passed away after him and he wanted it that we didn't get anything. And his reasoning was, well, they weren't there for me while I was sick. <laughs> Bitch, I didn't know you. But... Yeah. Wow, we getting deep in this one. Um, can we get coffee? This mama needs some girl time. Finally, a lighter one. Yes. I would love that. I love meeting you guys. I love hugging on you guys. I love the connection that we all share when we meet. It's just really cool because I like the idea of talking and chatting with people that I've never met before and would never meet otherwise. It's really cool. Um, but I will say this, I'm getting a little bit more selfish with my time. And by that, I mean, I want to invest more in my family because my husband has been incredibly understanding about the shift. Like the dynamic of us is a little different. Like we used to both get up at the crack of dawn. So we'd both go to sleep at the same time. Now I, you know, stay up a little bit later. I'll go cuddle with him at night, but then like I get up after he goes to sleep and, do work on my candle business or send proposal emails or, you know, do prep for the podcast that week. So when I have more time to myself, that's not with my kids. I got to be a little careful about it. So I don't mean like, yes, we're going to meet up and then we never do. It just might take me a while. And hopefully you guys understand that. Um, if you were offered a great opportunity somewhere else, would you move? That's a hard one. Yes. But it would have to be the greatest of the greatest and manifested. Because a lot of people 
I'm glad that you asked what I move. Yes, because that's what you really have to do in radio. You have to pick up and move. And that's what I always did. But now to me, I have to figure out what's worth it. Would my husband pick up and move with me? Yeah. He's the greatest. But we live in our own little utopia that we worked really hard for. And my whole thing is there's not been one radio show that I've ever become a part of. And I'm not saying that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread or it was all because of me. I'm saying I put my heart into every fucking thing that I do. And there's not been one radio show that I've been a part of that hasn't gone number one. Not one. There's not been one that I haven't flourished in the audience that they adhere to me. And the reason I know this is because there's, you know, studies done that tell us that factually that I haven't connected with my audience because I put my whole soul into it. So for me, there's only one thing that I could have done wrong. And I don't know that that is a thing that is wrong. So to me, I want to have a situation that doesn't have to be perfect because nothing is, especially not radio, but where I can grow and cement and flourish. And I started to do that here, so that's like hard to leave on a whim. But yeah, the right opportunity comes along. I would do it, and so might would my husband, but it, it's not something that I just fly by the seat of my pants with anymore because there's three other lives involved in that. And they're the most precious thing in the world to me. And I'm not going to put their happiness on the line to chase something if it's going to be as traumatic as it was before. Like, I'm a tough cookie, so I'm not trying to say, like, everything has to be this red carpet situation where it has to be perfect just for me because that's ridiculous. But I'll know in my gut when it's the one. We as a family will. And I'm not ever leaving any of y'all. I'll always be here. Thank you for the power of podcasting and Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. You know, I know right now that the universe is manifesting the perfect thing for me. And it might just be this podcast. It might be my candle business. It might be another, you know, show. It might be all three. I know the universe hears me right now. So I'm not worried. Remember what I told you about my main goal for 2023? I'm not fucking playing small anymore. And it's all coming to fruition and I see it. I feel it. The winds of change and healing are a brewing and the smell in the air smells like motherfucking Chanel, friends. Yes. 23 is my year to be Jordan. And if y'all want the link to that candle, I'm going to put it up in the description of this podcast because it's given me so much power, just that phrase, and looking at this candle that I've created with the black obsidian and the red agate. Agate, sorry, the red agate. No, red jasper. Red Jasper for fire and passion and drive and then Black Obsidian for protection against them evil eyes. Uh-huh. If you guys want to know about that description of like the whole reason that 23 is my year to be Jordan and the person that inspired it and why the conversation that brought that to life. I did that in the second or third podcast when I relaunched really Riley this year. Um, it was the one talking about turning pain into creativity. So maybe listen to that one too. 
Whew, y'all definitely know how to bring it with these questions. And I feel like I just did like a whole deep dive into so many different things. Um, we got some more coming in here too. Maybe should I answer one more? Where did you get your eyebrows done? That's an easy one. Um, locally, uh, browse by Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I. I will um, answer this question and link her in my Instagram stories. Best thing I ever done. Because I was an idiot and plucked the crap out of my eyebrows when I was younger and they didn't really grow back. I love it. Because I just feel like it just makes my face like look more awake and symmetrical. Love, 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 love. What's something you wanted to try but haven't? Like scuba diving, zip lining, etc. I got no want to scuba dive. Ugh. My sister got certified in that. And just, ooh, blah, blah, blah. It makes me panic. Um, let me think. I don't. I I have wanted to do ziplining. Like, I've done it. Like, we did it in Puerto Rico, but I want to do, like, a long one. Like, where it really, really freaks me out. I've seen hot air balloons that, like, fly around Frederick, fry, fly, float, whatever, around Frederick where I live. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a basket. That freaks me out. I feel like as a mother, I have more to lose, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to tempt fate. Um, I want to go to Alcatraz. That's something I want to do. What's something I want to try? I like to I've tried a lot um is it weird that I've wanted to try that it's not ashwagandha but it's like that drug that people go and they do like retreats and you do this whole like deep dive into your psyche what is that called y'all are so probably screaming in the speakers it's not ashwagandha ayahuasca I don't know that that's legal here in the states but it's something that I've seen documentaries on and I'm curious I don't know that I would actually do it because I've heard of people like going into like their childhood state in the effects of the herb drug, whatever it is, and not coming out. So now I take it back. Maybe that's not something I want to do. I mean, my wants and things that I want to try because I think I've done so many things that most people don't are smaller, I think. I want to travel for sure. Um, I want to learn to speak Spanish. Don't at me or roll your eyes at me. I'm still just as Latina, even if I don't fully speak the language. Um, I would love to do an adult hip-hop class. Because <laughs> I was a dancer for 10 years, but it was mostly ballet. And I know that there's a good one in D.C., but, it I mean, I don't live very close to D.C. and I have two children. I really want to do an adult, hip, adult hip-hop class. Honestly, I would love that. Like, the ones that you see on TikTok, I would love, love, love that. And to do, like, a performance as an adult. Yep, that's something I want to do. I want to do an adult hip-hop class, learn a routine, and have, like, a presentation in, as an adult. I want to put on a fashion show. I daydream about that constantly when I have long drives when I'm in traffic. I want to, like, benefit, like, a single mother's fund, and I want to put on a fashion show. Yep. Oh, I like that. I don't know if that was, like, the exact, like, thing I was supposed to answer, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty good for this version of the Ask Riley's. Um... There's one more in here. Did you, why did you get fired? Did you violate your contract? Nope. There, it was not for cause, not whatsoever. Um, there's more. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Um, 
What would you pick? A personal maid or chef? Maid. All day, every day. Like, I actually like to cook. Marshall's great at cooking. I like it. I think it's soothing. I like trying new recipes. I don't love tidying. I'm more of a stuffer <laughs> than a tidier. Like, I don't perfectly, except for in my closet. I do like, I do like my closet tidy, but in terms of drawers, stuff, stuff, stuff. I don't make the bed every day, even though I know that you're supposed to. It's supposed to like do something for your psyche. I would love to have a personal maid. I would love to not have to clean toilets. I would love, yeah, laundry. Just somebody to do my laundry. That'd be amazing. I would rather clean a toilet than do laundry. Um, if you, if one had to go AC or heat, so I grew up in Florida, so I used to say AC, but now it's heat because I think that I have a mild case of Raynaud's phenomenon, which is when your blood vessels constrict really, really harshly when it, it, I know that there's probably a better technical term for it. It's just mainly like my fingers turn blue when it's like, it could be 60 degrees outside and I, I'm freezing to the point where it like hurts. So Ew, but I hate being hot and sticky. I would probably maybe say heat. Just be, even having said all that, because I can put like 17 blankets on me, you know, because, oh God, that's such a hard question. Heat, maybe. Damn. Because I don't want to be so, like, I know that you can live without AC, but just, ew, the idea of being so sticky all the time. Uh, do I get a fan? We'll go with heat. I don't know. That's a hard one. Y'all have stumped me. Pool or beach? Pool. Pool, pool, pool. I grew up in Florida. I'm Puerto Rican. Like, growing up in Florida, like, a lot of Floridians don't chill on the beach. You know, because it's the thing. It's like a lot of people in the DMV have never been to the monuments because it's just there. Do I miss the beach now? Yeah, but I'm not really one to just, like, lay on the beach and tan. I did when I was in Puerto Rico. I loved it, but I get like fidgety after like an hour. I would much rather be in a pool. I like don't love sand up my ass. <laughs> you know, like I don't like to play in the sand. I freak, get freaked out with ocean water. Like I, I'm a great swimmer, but I like the whole shark attack thing. Like, no, thank you. In Florida, they like traumatize you when you're a kid. Because like in school, they teach you to shuffle your feet because of stingrays. And when I was like nine, some little boy got Stung by a stingray and the shrill shriek that he gave. No, ma'am. If something touches me in the water, like even if it's seaweed, I'm like jumping on your shoulders. So, pool. <laughs> All right, I'm really going to end it this time. If you guys have a question for Ask Riley, please do me a favor. Email me, reallyreallypodcast at gmail.com. If I forgot about your Ask Riley, please don't crucify me. I will get to it, I promise. Um, text line is 410 604 8895 really riley on instagram no really riley podcast on instagram and tiktok riley couture instagram tiktok facebook twitter's riley couture five tiktok is riley couture seven. Oh, what else am i missing house of w by riley that is my candle business on tiktok instagram and i don't have a facebook there yet so there's all the ways to get a hold of me i will be back with you on Friday to tell you more about a few things I've got going on because I know that you saw what I had happening on Instagram tonight where I'm really 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 excited about that and it's something that is very dear to my heart so we'll tell you more about that on Friday and 
Cannibal is going down tonight. Watch party. Ba-ba. So I didn't get a chance to put together a watch party for all of us to get together for Scannaball. But I'm going to be watching Bravo, and I think I might put my Instagram live on. On really Riley, or on Riley Couture. Um, because I think we should watch it together. Beware, because I will be cursing and all of the things. So, yeah. Good stuff going on. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I love you a long time. I will talk to you on Friday. It's really Riley. <laughs>